Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You don't get excited after that. What in the world is wrong? Go ahead and stand up with me if you would. Matthew chapter 5 is where we're going to begin. Thank you so much for being here. We're going to talk today about salt and light, our second installment, living greater, expecting more. How many of us know that when we live by the principles of the Word of God, we'd expect Him to move in our life? Amen. So let's read Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Yeah. We received that this morning. Yeah. Father, our hearts are bowed to you. We thank you for being present with us. You're center stage. You're the most important. Father, however you choose to speak to your people this morning, my heart is open to. Let your spirit be in the place and guide us as we look towards you for 2023. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, everyone says, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Go ahead and wave at your neighbor. That's what we like to do because we're a friendly church. Not by name only, but obviously it is our true desire. I hope 2023 has been well for you so far. If it has not, then we are praying for you. Here, Jesus helps us understand a couple things that that we are light and we are salt. Last year, we spoke about understanding that blessed are those. So we are blessed whenever we do what the Word of God says to do, and we know the Word of God is Jesus Christ. So whenever we do what Jesus says to do, we're blessed. Here in this teaching, as he's on the sermon on the sermon on the Mount of the Sermon, and we, we change gears here in our sermon series, Living Greater, Expecting More, we see that Christ goes from blessed are those to you are. And, and my walk away is kind of here at the front, I guess, but my walk away is this: that we are salt and we are light. It's not something that we grasp for, it's something that we strive to. It's Christ is the true salt, and we know that Christ is the true light. And him in our heart means that he is alive, so that is alive within us. And it's not something that I grasp at. It's something that instead, I'm just like, God, let me get out of my own way and let this thing grow. And in 2023, that's what our desire is, that you become more salty, and you become full of the light that you already are and give more and more. Now, two things we're gonna talk about, really three, but two, is we're gonna talk about being salt and being light in our conversations in 2023. But we're also gonna talk about in the midst of a struggle or in the midst of success, we still are salt and light. And it's very important for us to understand that God said that you are and I are. Look at your neighbor and say, I are that I are. Oh, my, my wife is a grammar girl. And she's like, it's not looking her way. She'll give me a look. But we are what the Bible says we are. Amen? But sometimes we don't know what we are and we don't know what to do with it until we find out who we are. The sperm whale has something very unique about it. It has vomit. And the vomit is extremely expensive. <laughs> 
A fisherman from Thailand was walking down a beach. Now, this fisherman was only making about $13 a day. This was around 2019, so that's not very much. And he stumbles across ambergris. Now, that'll be the last time I use that word because I'll start stumbling over it. But that's what well vomit is called. And that's what he thinks it is, but he really doesn't know. So he, he picks it up and he takes it back to his house. And he cuts two pieces off and sends them in to get them tested. And they come back as the results were inconclusive. So what he does with that vomit, I'm sure we all store vomit at our house, don't we? He puts it up in a jar, wraps it up and puts it up on a shelf. About a year later or so, he feels, I've got to figure out what this is. So he pulls it back down and a specialist in well vomit, I didn't know they made those, but they are out there, comes by his house and he tests it. And he says, that's what that is. Now what this substance is used for is to extend the life of fragrances and things of that nature. It's extremely expensive. $20,000 a pound. That day he looked up on the shelf and he realized he had $320,000 worth of vomit. <laughs> but you know what he didn't do whenever he found out what he had he didn't leave it on the shelf he took it off sold it and they started using it Christ is teaching us something here in the text we are salt and we are light let's get that established in our souls now begin to walk in what Christ has called us to walk in Hopefully this will cause us to take some things off the shelf, to go on an exploration and say, God, now that I know what I are, let me do what you've called me to do to the fullest. Better than 2022, better than 2021, better than 2020, God. Let 2023, let us walk in the fullness that maybe we haven't ever been able to walk in. But he establishes what we are. And I want to encourage you you don't have to grasp at it. Now we know, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but we know salt preserves and salt provides flavor and we could preach a whole sermon on that and then we could flip to light and we know that light is amazing because light shines, shines in a dark room, light provides a way and a guide and a path. And that's what he's saying, that because Christ is in us, we now are the light and the salt. It's okay to be a little bit salty. I pray that if some of you haven't been salty, you'd go ahead and be a little bit salty about your faith. That when the enemy begins to attack you and begin to say things about you, you will go ahead and remind them who you serve. When the world throws things at you and difficulties present, you won't lose hope, you won't lose faith. You'll keep your firm foundation because you know that Christ is on your side. You'll speak to some of those things in your house that you need to get rid of. You will take authority that God has given you I pray that people will come up to you and begin to ask you about your faith now I pray that you won't get crazy <laughs> super religious not good what is good is being devoted to Christ and as I was praying and thinking okay God we're salt and we're light help me with the direction that we want to go and two things, like I said, that in 2023, I want you to concentrate on as you are salt and you are light. The first one is let's make sure that we have salt and light in our conversation. 
in our everyday conversations. Conversations are a very powerful thing. Relationships start through conversations. Opportunities arise through, conver um, through conversations. You can even be warned through conversations, amen? Conversations are a very powerful tool. And this is the thing. If you put the right tool in the hand of a master artisan, they can make beautiful things with it. So as we look into the texts, we say, God help me be a master at my conversation. That whether it's with a family member or a friend, whether it's in my employment or at church or wherever it is, God, let me be salty in my conversation and let the light shine through. Now, I believe this is so, so important. I, I did a quick study, and I want to give you eight tips real quick, and it won't take very long, to have great conversation. Conversations are important. First of all, when you sit down, something that was said that I agree with is ask questions. Whenever you sit down, if you want to have a good conversation with somebody, ask some questions. Don't make the conversation all about you. Begin to build trust in them and ask them questions. Another way to do it is make, or, or excuse me, stay away from controversy. You know those people that you talk to and there's always something rolling in their spirit that's controversial? I don't know about you, but I try to avoid those guys. You know what I mean? Hi, bye, really quick. I don't have time for controversy because there's enough of it out there. Stay away from it. Sometimes people just want to sit down, drink a cup of coffee or Dr. Pepper and chill, man, right? No controversy. Make eye contact. Make eye contact. This one's very difficult, you know? Not that texting and these different things aren't bad, but they should not replace that one-on-one, -on -one, amen? Make, make eye contact in your conversation. Smile. Look at your neighbor and smile. Go ahead, y'all did the same thing in the first service. Look at your neighbor and smile. Some of you guys' face hurt, okay? Do some facial calisthenics this next year and smile as we conversate. Let them know that you're glad that they're there, that you're glad you're sharing a meal. Smile, it goes a long way. Give some compliments. Pay attention to what they're wearing, what they've done. Ask for advice. One of the things that I've found from older men in my life to gain their respect is when I ask them for advice, they actually see that happening in my life somewhere else. Yeah. It's not just a conversation starter, but it's like, hey, help me out here a little bit. Ask for some advice. Stay calm. Ooh, I was not good at this when I was younger. I was a little fiery guy that was very immature and not very smart. But I'm 40 now, so I know everything, right? I know a lot more than I did at 22, I can tell you that. You know the greatest thing I, don't, I know is that I don't know. You know what I mean? That's really a strength. <laughs> Just know that you don't know. But I was a fiery guy, and I wouldn't stay calm when we get in conversations that would stir up passions and different things like that. You know, that just burns bridges, and we don't want to do that. Stay calm, relaxed, remain positive. So many conversations go the wrong way, don't they? Start gossiping and these type of things, man. It, listen, put the park, park and get out of there. Shut down that conversation. Stay positive. Well, you, you sound like a, a new age preacher. No, listen, Christ was positive. Did he talk about the truth? Yes. Did he sit down? Yes. But did he go on trails of negativity for 30 or 40 or 50 minutes? No. Stay positive in your conversation. And whenever you sit down, you'll begin to have good conversations with your spouse, with your kids, with your friends. Because conversation is a powerful tool. It's something that we can use that will help so many people. The year is 1962. Now, many of you guys know this is the height of the Cold War. The Cuban Missile Crisis is happening. 
Now what the Cuban Missile Crisis is, is the Soviet Union is really using Cuba as a, as a puppet regime, if you will. Khrushchev, the head of the Soviet Union, has put missiles in Cuba and threatened them, the U.S. Kennedy, the president, is in a conversation with him. Because they know if somebody hits the button, thousands and thousands and thousands of lives are going to be over. Military men and women that will have to do things that they should have never been able to have to do. The untold billions of devastation and destruction in property alone. But what happens is Kennedy and the Soviet leader begin to get in a conversation back and forth. Now, this is not like a conversation like we're having here. Have you guys ever seen those big red telephones like on some of those old movies where they said, Doc, this is the red phone, this is the hotline to the Soviet Union? That's a myth. That wasn't really how it worked. In some ways, it was kind of like a fax machine. Part of the problem that drew so much tension during the Cuban Missile Crisis is there was a delay in communication. So one person would be thinking one thing, another person would be thinking another, they would kind of correspond, but it would take a little while. But through the power of conversation, even though it was pretty much a fax machine, they communicated. Thank God that we have leaders that will stay calm, that will take a breath, that will put others first. The solution was easy. They said, listen, we'll disassemble our missiles in Cuba and get them out of there if you promise not to invade Cuba. And also there's some things in Turkey we got to take care of. So they came to an agreement. But it wasn't through guns and bombs. It, it wasn't through those type of means. Instead, it was through conversation, diplomacy that they set down because it's a powerful tool in the right hands. And God has placed you uniquely where you're at, in your job, in your home, around your friend group, placing you in situations where your conversations at times get hard and difficult. But know that the Holy Spirit is your guide that the Holy Spirit will enlighten you can believe for the supernatural, for things come to your mind, for questions to come to your mind, for stuff to lead you and guide you in your conversation. But we must make sure, say, I've got to stay salty and I've got to keep light in my conversation. Conversation with an incorrect spirit can cause a crisis. Or a conversation with the right spirit can create a solution. If you want more solutions in your life, let's make sure we conversate in the right spirit because I know this from being married for 14 years. That if I have the wrong conversation with my wife, there ain't no solution. Some of you guys have been married like three days and you don't know what I'm talking about, but you other guys know what I'm talking about. If I go in the wrong tone and the wrong manner, definitely wrong spirit, that's a bad thing situation is probably going to be worse than it is for longer than it needs to be and that's not all her that's my fault well she can just shape up or ship out be careful with that that's really really dumb to say because ain't nobody might not like you <laughs> you might have the one person in the world that cares about you you know i'm just kidding we care about you too but not like that <laughs> we can't handle that kind of crazy but the power of conversation in the right spirit provides solution in the wrong spirit. It'll just increase the crisis or create a crisis. And I'm getting to the age where I want less and less crisis in my life and I want more solutions. 
We've got the problems, let's move towards the solution. Paul is writing to his friends, the Colossians, chapter four, verse six. He says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each other. Paul is saying what Christ is saying. He's saying, listen, your speech should be gracious. Whenever you sit down from somebody and you, or sit down across from somebody and you talk to them, let the grace of God well up inside of you. Now be salty when you do. Make sure you have the truth and you stand your ground. Can I get an amen? amen. Just because somebody doesn't agree with the Bible doesn't mean I'm gonna abandon ship and jump out of the Bible. I can't help that they disagree, but I know what the word of God says and that's where I'm gonna be planted. So I stay salty in that regard. But I'm gracious. I'm having a conversation because people are lost. They're, they're, they're in a dark world and we get to help them. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. Now this is interesting how Paul puts this. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. You see how it says let the talk come out of your, lo- uh, come out of your mouth? Be salty is what he says to the Colossians. Here in Ephesians, he says, make sure that the talk that comes out of your mouth lights up the room. Be gracious, as he writes to the Colossians, but Ephesians here, he's helping us understand. Listen, the talk comes out out of your mouth. What's in your heart comes out of your mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you're speaking corruption out of your mouth, that's a heart issue. So what we do is we go back and say, okay, God, I want to make sure that the things that are coming out of my mouth light up the room. Make it a priority in 2023 that when you walk into your home, you light it up with your speech. When you talk to your kids, you light their day up with their speech. When you come to church, you cannot wait till somebody walks through the door so you can light them up for Christ. Amen? Encourage them and lift them up and strengthen them. That's what Paul is saying. Listen, there's enough stuff out there to tear us down. Let's build each other up. And a great way to do that is through our conversation. Let's be salty. Let's be light. Let's build each other up and see what the kingdom, uh, see how the kingdom of God won't grow. But it's intentional, isn't it? I bring some of that saltiness, some of that fight, some of that vigor, if you will. Controlled, yes. And then at the same time, I I make sure I have that light and I have that. So in my home conversation, I make sure that Christ is in the center in my work conversation, in my friend conversation, in my conversations. Here's Here's one in the conversation in your mind that you have with yourself. Make sure that's salty and that's light. It's funny, nobody beats us up like ourselves sometimes. How many of you have ever had a conversation with yourself and felt worse when it was over with? Okay, now listen to me. Wait, just go with me here. Biblically, Paul said, what comes out of my mouth should build up. So what I'm thinking in my mind is going to come out of my mouth. And if I tell myself I'm enough negative things enough times, I'll start believing that, right? So in the conversations in your mind in 2023, you build yourself up. How do you do that? Because I'm great, I can do it. No, because you got Jesus Christ on your side and we live through him. And Paul said, right, it's not me, but it's Christ who lives in me. 
And I even have to go back to some of those old Sunday school verses. God, you love the, so, the world so much you gave your life for it. So you gave your life for me. God, you said greater that, that, that you are inside of me than me that's in this old stinking world. You know what I mean? And I go back and I preach to the windshield and I preach to books and I preach to all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you do the same thing. And it's good. And we do that in our mind. Because conversations can create deliverance. You want to be set free of some stuff? Start having some of those serious conversations to yourself. You want to set some people free? Not that we can, but it is the Christ in us. So we open up our mouth and let that light shine forth and we keep that saltiness, that challenge that they can be what God says that they can be, right? So I went on a journey. If you go to Exodus chapter 3, you see that Moses, Moses is called by God and how does it start? through a conversation. He's walking past a bush that's on fire that will not burn up. And he turns aside to see what's going on. And the bush begins to speak, which is God, because that's what scripture says. Moses, Moses. And Moses replies, here am I, Lord. Here am I, God. Mark chapter Nine, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. This young man is demon-possessed. I would say he's probably a, a preteen to a teen. That's an assumption. Somewhere in there. And he's demon-possessed. And, and, and his father draws him out and, and hears that there's disciples in town. And, and no doubt that Jesus is. And he brings them to be delivered. And he draws him out into the crowd. And the disciples are trying to cast out the demons. And all this crazy stuff is going on. And everybody's operating in the flesh. And nothing's going on. And whenever you operate in the flesh, trust me, nothing's going on. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. But what we need is Jesus to show up sometimes, don't we? Jesus will show up if he's invited. Jesus shows up on the scene and he pulls the father to the side. He doesn't say, well, what'd your son do? What has your son been listening to? What'd you put in your son's life? He looks at him, probably eye to eye, and he asks a question. He begins the conversation. How long has it been? And from there, the father begins to spill his guts and said, it's been years. He's been throwing himself into fires and all kinds of stuff. Acts chapter 6, I believe. It's chapter 9, I'm sorry. Acts chapter 9. One of the greatest stories that we know of, Paul writes two-thirds of the New Testament. Before he's Paul, he's called Saul. Acts chapter 9, he's on the road to Damascus. Uh, and, and, and God calls unto him. Starts the conversation, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you kicking against the goads? Paul answers back in conversation and his life begins to change. Because in the power of conversation, we can see deliverance. See, I went back and I thought, what do all these stories have in common? And it's very interesting because with Moses, you see some things that he has in common with the father and the father has in common with Paul. First of all, the conversation, there's an open dialogue between Moses and God and Jesus and the father and, and Paul and Christ, they're talking to one another. But you also see a little bit of cooperation. See, in our conversations, let's cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Let's cooperate with what God is saying. And here, Moses begins to cooperate. 
take off your sandals for this is holy ground. And Moses takes off his sandals and begins to engage God through this burning bush. The father, it's interesting what Jesus does because Jesus doesn't walk up to him and embarrassing, but rather he pulls him to the side and says, come over here, let's talk about it. And the father does it. Paul, he begins to engage Christ in a conversation, begins to engage. Of course, we know the scales come over his eyes and things like that, but we see cooperation. See, conversation is so powerful because then it leads to preservation. Moses, what does he do? He goes back through that conversation, called by God, goes back and leads the children out of Israel, doesn't he? Preserves their way of life, their religion, their God which God would be preserved anyways, but you understand what I mean. He went back and pulled them out of that situation. It was so important to Christ, and, and this is where we, we struggle with it at times because as he is standing before the Father, it's not about the Father, it's not about the crowds, it's about the boy. And you see the preservation because he knows deliverance is gonna come to that young man. In your life, it's not all about the crowds. It's not all about everybody else. You know, Christ loves you too. He cares about you in your situation. Then, of course, we see Paul, two-thirds of the New Testament. Many, many people are saved that would, never be, that would never be saved otherwise. And then the last thing that we see in this conversation that's extremely great is salvation, amen? The children of Israel come out and go into the land that they're supposed to be in. Now, it took a little while to get there, but they were pulled from slavery. And, and, and Moses kind of stood up as the deliverer. We know that God delivered them when we saw salvation. Think about the boy. Nobody else or nothing else could help him. It was only found in Christ. But that's where his salvation was found. Then we fast forward to Paul. How many countless people have given their heart to Jesus Christ? Many of us, if not all of us, were in that boat because Paul was specifically sent to the Gentiles. The power of your conversation is greater than you can imagine. And when you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and you allow yourself to say, I'm gonna let that salt, I'm gonna let that light come forth in my conversation. See what God will not do and move in your area of life. You've got some things in your home that you struggle with? Start out in your conversation. You've got some things at work that you struggle at with? Start out in your conversation. Speak kindly and see if salvation won't come. Speak with gentleness. Have that conversation before God. And as you allow yourself to be salt and light, let that bubble up out of you and do what only it can do. But it starts with that conversation. As we go on here, my, my second one is really simple as well. It's salt and light in our success and struggles. You know, if you are in a success or you're in a struggle, it kind of has a way of, of pushing you to the limelight, doesn't it? It has a way of pushing you out to the front and center and now all of a sudden people are looking at you that wasn't looking at you. Mark chapter nine, verse 49 and 50, for everyone will be salted with fire. So we all have difficulties. We will, always have, we will all have situations in our life and 2023, unfortunately, we'll all have those. Now we don't want them, but we'll have them. But in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the success, we look to God and say, let it bubble up out of me. 
because it has a way of pushing us to the light. Think about this, February 2022. Most of us didn't even know who Zelensky was. Many people didn't even know Ukraine existed on a real map. But all of a sudden, Russia invades Ukraine. We see their struggles. All of a sudden, they're pushed to a national limelight, aren't they? Now every one of us nearly know what's going on. Struggle has a way of pushing you, so don't get eat up in the struggle. Know that God is still on your side. You're gonna stay salty in the struggle. You're gonna stay light in the struggle. But also, success can push you out there too. The year is 1960. The Sealed Air Corporation has come up with a new product. It's called Air Caps. First, they begin to market it as wallpaper. Turned out to be a disaster, didn't work. Then they thought, well, we're going to market it as a greenhouse insulator. Didn't work. Now, how many of you guys know what air caps are? You soon will. IBM came to the corporation and said, we want to use your product. They began to wrap their computers in it as they shipped them from place to place. What we, know, what we call air caps, we now know as bubble wrap. Yeah. Why do we know it? Because it was the success of the product. Before it was successful, nobody even knew it existed. I tell you, there's far few things that is just satisfying as popping those little bubbles, man. You know what I mean? But success has a way to do that. So we want you to have successes and we know the struggles are coming, but don't be scared because it pushes you into a light because you have to realize that greater is the God that's in us than the struggle or the target. And we've all felt like to some degree that maybe a target has come up on our back. But it's normal because we're marked in the spirit. When Christ lives inside of us, we are marked in the spiritual world. So we can expect targets, but don't get scared because we're gonna get caught up in the celebration of salvation and not in the fear that the target will cause, amen? So you go ahead with your successes. You go ahead and make it through your struggles. Don't let the anxiety or the fear or the sadness, don't let that ruin it. Instead, let's get caught up in celebration of our salvation. Now, we do that with words, but we also do that with giving. We do that with loving and serving. And this is the key, that we turn up the volume of that celebration and drown out the fear that the enemy has put on us. Because whether you like it or not, you're going to be in the limelight. The shyest person influences 10,000 people in their life. If we look back at Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, we see, I won't read it, but we see this, that we're the light in the world, that we're the city on a hill, and we stand for the light. We are a stand for the light. We give light when we walk into a house and we shine before others. If we turned out all the lights in the sanctuary and it was pitch black and somebody walked in with a bright light, what would we all look at? You're not where you're there, you're not where you're at by accident. God has you placed so that you can be a light to your coworkers, to your family, and to your friends. Our job is not to say, God, pluck me out of this situation, but rather move me when you're ready. Until you're ready, I pray that we stay salt and we stay light with our conversation, with where we're at. God, you have me here, and we're believing for salvation. We're believing for life change. We're believing for these things that we know that can only happen through you.
So be encouraged that God has used you as a stand. Be encouraged that God looks at you and he trusts you so much that he says, listen, because of the light inside of you, you are a city. And we don't put that light under a bushel. Oh, no, we're going to let it shine. Amen. But that does mean that we have to be out in front. I don't like that. Join the party. I don't know if you ever super like it as much as you get used to it and you adjust it, right? We're the city, we're the light. Peter talks about this in 2 Peter chapter, or 1 Peter chapter 2, where he says, conduct yourself and your behavior among the Gentiles, which is honorable in a way that's honorable for God. And he's helping us understand that we are where we are and things will happen. But we have to do our very best to say, God, I want to stay salty. I want to keep that light shining bright in my life. So whatever I need to do to do that, that is my priority. And I pray for you in 2023 that the conversations at your work, that the conversations in your house, that the conversations around your friend would be salt and be light. That in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your celebration, that you won't fail either one to raise your hands, turn your focus towards Christ and say, I will celebrate regardless. It doesn't look like I'm going to make it out. I will celebrate. It doesn't look like I can make it through this, that I will ever get out. But God, I will celebrate. The waves look 50 foot, haul, 50 foot tall. It looks like the boat is about to capsize. I'm navigating waters that I've never had to navigate. But we make up our mind that God we will still celebrate our salvation regardless of what we face. God believes in you so much that he said, listen, you are salt and you are light. You be what God told you to be and don't let circumstances choose who you are. Circumstances and environment does not get to choose who we are. We go to the word of God and say, God, what do you say that I am? So I don't know what you need to hear from God this morning of who you are. But I know that you're salt and light. I know that you are not alone, that you are God's chosen children. So despite the circumstances, the situations, the struggle, stay salt and stay light. Conversation, God, help that guide and lead and build up. God has you where he has you because you are the person for the position. Don't give up. Would you bow with me? Father, you said that we are light and we are salt. You said that you're not going to necessarily take us out of our position, our situation. But what you will do is be there with us during it. But that's incredibly difficult at times. If we're in the world and we don't have any hope because we don't have any salvation, we can't say that we're salt and light without salvation because salt and light you are, so we must have you in our hearts and our lives. So our cry as your people with our hearts bowed is that if there be anybody in the auditorium, anybody on the other side of our camera as we stream, that do, does not know you as their savior, that has not submitted their heart and their life to you, that they would do that, God. 
They may have been told that they're worthless, that they're never going to amount to anything, that they just can't do it. But God, that's because they haven't surrendered to you and met you and let you speak into their life. And you believe in them and you care for them. You gave your life for them. So we pray that that salvation would come into that person, to that household today. Father, for my brothers and sisters who are in the building this morning, I don't know what they face. I don't know how difficult it is, but I know that you do. And I know that I've been in that place where I've just felt like bailing out of the ship. Like, God, I don't know if I can handle this anymore, if I can take this. Are you sure you've even called me for this place, God? For this situation. But then I remember that we are salt and we are light. And we are yours. And brothers and sisters, if you're in the congregation this morning, we want to pray with you because we realize sometimes the journey gets difficult. Family, life, children, jobs. And I want to just pray for the ones who are discouraged, who are the ones that are facing things this morning. And the way that we're going to do that here in a second is we're all going to stand up and I'm going to ask the altar workers to come forward, the prayer team. If you say, you know, Matt, I could use a little bit of encouragement. I know my hand's up because I can just use encouragement from time to time. I want you to come down front. You can stand in the middle. You can meet them and shake their hand and pray with them. But we don't want you to leave discouraged. We want you to know who you are. And you are salt and light. You are a child of the living God. And he has you in a place where you can shine brighter than you've ever shown. And you can preserve more than you ever thought. Sometimes we just need a little bit of help and encouragement, don't we? Would you stand with me all over the auditorium? As everybody stands, would my prayer team come down to the front here? I'm gonna ask you to come down. And as they move, right now is the time to move. As they move out from the front, would you move and come down here and grab hands with them? I know that it's hard to move and it's difficult at times because you feel like the light is on you, but that's certainly not what we're trying to do. Or maybe you just need to come down here in front and we're just gonna stretch our hands out and pray for encouragement in your life. We don't wanna miss anybody. We wanna take a minute. Amen, amen. Let's give these guys a hand, would you? If there's anybody else, it takes a lot of courage to do this. In a sanctuary this size with this many people, we don't want to miss anybody. Amen. Would, would some of you guys just come down here and place your hand on one of these guys and gals down here? Some of you guys that know how to pray, absolutely. Go ahead and grab the hand of your neighbor if you feel comfortable. Maybe it's your spouse or your friend. We don't want to leave anybody out. We know how difficult this is. We know that it's difficult. And if you want to come down here and stand in the middle, we're just going to stretch out our hand. Because we want you to know who you are in Christ. Now, you've got to be found in Christ, though. This is not something we can claim outside of Jesus Christ. He is our salvation. He is our hope. Amen. But man, when we're found in him and we know that he is our salvation and our hope, our whole world opens up, doesn't it? Would you stretch out your hand here as you hand, hold the hand of your neighbor and let's pray together. Father, 
We love you so much. And at this altar, we believe that things are happening, God, in the spiritual world that we know not of. We pray for encouragement. We pray for strength, God. We pray for identities to be straightened up today, God, that we're not of the world, that we are of you. We just happen to live here, and one day we'll spend eternity with you. But God, while we're here, help us check our conversation, God. Help us check ourselves in the midst of struggles, in the midst of successes, God, that we would celebrate you and our salvation. And Father, you know what's going on at the altar right now. We just trust you and believe you that you are moving in a mighty way on their behalf. God, you're restoring encouragement. You're restoring passion, Father. You're healing and touching. And Father, anybody in the seats who needs that, Father, who would say, I could use that encouragement. I could use that that supernatural strength that can only come from you that our hearts are ready to receive it, our minds are open to that, God, and you move on our behalf. Thank you in 2023 that families are stronger, individuals are stronger, people are finding destiny, God, that conversations are changing, God, that in the midst of successes, in the midst of difficulties, God, we are a people who do not forget our God, and we celebrate you. Let us go out and make this the best year yet. But we can only do that through you as you lead us and guide us. We lean in on your strength and we ask it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And if you believe that, can you say amen? We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.